This is the TV Podcast with Chuck Thomas and Greg Scott. There was an intense ratings war on Friday night when the three big broadcasters all scheduled their top shows at 9pm. Uh, BBC One had Strictly, ITV had X Factor and Channel 4 showed uh, Gogglebox. Obviously all the shows uh, suffered badly. Nobody except Channel 4 came out of this looking good. Was it a good idea? No. What is the point in it? I mean, I know that there is the argument in this. I mean, we're talking about modern technology. You know, in this day and age, you've got your Sky Pluses and you've got your hard drives that record this and that. And you know, But not everybody has this technology. And what is the point? If you want the biggest possible audience for your show, what's the point in putting it up, putting it up against the biggest shows on the other channels? What is the point? What are you hoping to achieve? You're a bit stupid, huh? Yeah, stupid. And just look at this from a TV point of view. Uh, I think what the UK is trying to do is that they're, they're trying to emulate what happens in the States. But there's a big difference in the States. All the broadcasters uh, are commercial, yeah. with the exception of PBS. And in the UK, Channel 4 and BBC are not. They're public service. So mm. why is the BBC and Channel 4 competing with a commercial broadcaster who we should be supporting? We should want ITV to make money. It's, it's a commercial channel. Why, why would we do this? Well, this is the $64,000 question that I cannot answer. You would have to ask the commissioners and, and, and the channel bosses about that. It doesn't make sense. Why are the BBC, with Strictly, so... I mean, I, I would imagine that ITV made the decision to put X Factor up against Strictly, but nevertheless, BBC has, seems so obsessed with ratings. It's not important to the BBC. It doesn't matter if 2 million people watch it or 12 million people watch it. It doesn't do them any any difference. It's ridiculous! <laughs> and also, the, the, the other difference is, you know, X Factor is all about uh, bringing in money via sponsorship, phone calls, yes. and also ratings. Yeah. So they have have various different ways of judging a success. Whereas when it comes to Strictly and Gogglebox, those are purely based on ratings alone. And when they have their, you know, their license renewals, they have to show that they've had huge hits and the nation is watching. So why damage those hits? Because Strictly would normally pull in nine or ten million. And on yeah. Friday, it pulled in six and a half million. Now, I would look at that and think, oh, maybe that license isn't worth that much money. It's, it's stupidity. As far as I'm concerned, it is stupidity. It is pointless. What you've just said, absolutely correct. <laughs> Chuck, you're brilliant. I'm brilliant. And everyone else, duh. OK, well, this is the toughest year ever for X Factor. Um, so five and a half million on Friday. I think it mm. did six million or six and a half million yesterday. I know it was beaten by Strictly by over a million. So do you think this is this is the last year of sort of, you know, the legend of X Factor and we're going to see some big changes in years to come now? I think some serious questions are going to be asked. Um, they thought that by bringing Simon back and Simon bringing Cheryl back, they thought that that was going to be all the problems solved and ratings were going to go right up again. But clearly that's not the case. I think people are tired of it. And, and speaking from a personal perspective, I'm not bothered about it anymore. I'm really not. It used to be appointment to view television. And now, um, yes, I'll watch judges' houses and I'll watch the uh, I'll watch the live shows. But it's not... Oh, I must watch it anymore. It's um, as well. Yeah. I'm not bothered. I mean, that's something from my own experiences. I love live event television. And I oh, think yes. if I was watching X Factor on Catch Up or um, on VHS or on Betamax, <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't enjoy it. I like the live event quality of it. And that's why yeah. I used to enjoy Saturday night television, X Factor, 8 p.m. or 7 p.m. 
And what you now have is Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. And the second it moved to Friday, I watched a bit of it. And then I'm actually done with it now. And I'm really surprised because I think this will be the first year I don't watch it just because I'm bored. It's always on. And yesterday, ITV ran it three times on the main channel. It's overkill. It's yeah. overkill. And, uh, you know, I, I think you've said it, that you're not particularly bothered about yeah. it anymore. I've said it. And I'm sure that, that that means a lot of other other people will be sick of it as well. And I also noticed yesterday on, on Twitter, normally when X Factor's on, uh, my timeline is full of X Factor. Uh, 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 and uh, uh, uh. yesterday it was Strictly. Yeah. And you know the yeah, funny thing is, is the BBC say, not the BBC, ITV say Strictly has a very old audience and they're getting the wrong type of yeah. audience. But you go on Twitter and no, everyone's watching Strictly. Precisely. And I think that's an awful thing to say, isn't it? The wrong type of audience. I mean, what is the wrong type of audience? People keep, there's this obsession with the 16 to 34 year old age group, mm. as far as demographics are concerned. But you think about it, it's people over this age group who have more of a disposable income. It's tough for young people nowadays. Well, just, it's really just, tough. Just to be the, the devil's advocate, I, I, I've been on the other side and I've seen it on the other side. Mm, and the problem, with, <laughs> the problem with broadcasters is that the the advertisers who are giving you all the money, they only ask for 16 to 34. That's all they ask for. So if you don't deliver that as sort of at least 70% of your audience, you're failing. So they've kind of got their hands tied because ITV would love a big, massive audience. But at the same time, if they don't pull in a certain percentage that are 16 to 34, they're actually failing at their job. So it's, it's the advertisers who are mainly at fault here because they need to realise that, you know, there's a lot of people your age, Greg, in their 60s who have a lot of, dis <laughs> have a lot of money. Right, got to go. <laughs> Bye. But no, it's true. A lot of pensioners have a lot of money. No, it's not true that I'm over 60. <laughs> No, but it's too, you know, people do have a lot of money to spend. And, and the idea that, you know, once you hit 35, you've got no money left. That's just stupid. You know, it is. It is. And, and it is the advertisers that need retraining in their thought process as far as that's concerned. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Good. How chat. serious are we? This is good chat. OK, let's move on. Uh, uh, let's talk about Scylla Black. Uh, ITV yeah. have been enjoying success this week with their biopic on the Liverpudlian legend Scylla Black. Uh, the show's been pulling in more than six million viewers. That's almost as much as X Factor. Have you been enjoying it? Yeah. I'll be honest, I haven't seen it yet. It's it's lined up on my Sky Plus to watch, Ooh. but I have been looking at the comments about it. Um, Sheridan Smith, incredibly talented actress and singer. I mean, I know that you tweeted that she's a much better <laughs> singer than Scylla was. She is. So, um, yeah, that's a bit of a, a miscast in, in that respect. But, uh, no, the first time I saw Sheridan Smith was as Anthony's girlfriend on The Royal Family. Uh, and there was something about her there that made you think, eh, Hey, this girl's got something, and, and sure enough, talent has risen like cream on a <laughs> on a bottle of Jersey milk. Oh, beautiful! She might mm. use that. She might use that quote on her website. <laughs> now, I am the cream on a bottle of Jersey milk. Well. Let's move on to Jason Orange. And Jason Orange has left. Take that this week. No. Are you sad to see him go? I didn't know they were still going. To be honest, well, <laughs> let's face it, Chuck. If a group was a human body. Jason Orange would be the appendix, wouldn't he? <laughs> I mean, really, everybody knows it's there, but he doesn't really serve any purpose. Or he'd be the there's a good chance it's going to go at some point. <laughs> he'd be the fake eyelashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I suppose it's a shame for the real take that aficionados, mm. but um, <laughs> let's face it, take that was always Robbie when he was in it, Gary Barlow and Mark Owen. And then it was always a case of those other two. What's funny about take that is I remember when they first formed and uh, it was always Gary. Gary was talent spotted. Gary was the star. They yeah. added people to the band because Gary was considered a poor dancer and a, and a bit of a chubby fella. So they mm. added these boys and it just turned out that, you know, Robbie was actually very talented and his talent grew as the, as the, the career went forward. But yeah. those two were only ever considered dancers. And the funny thing is, is when they made their comeback in the last few years, they were suddenly singing into microphones and, and being like proper singers, but you never heard their vocals. I'd love to know the monetary split between, you know, they go and do a show mm. and they get, right, let's say for, for argument's sake, they get 100 quid, right? I'd love to know the split. You know, did they get, was it 20 quid each when Robbie was in there? Or was <laughs> it, well, Gary, you do the most, so you get 25 quid uh, and, and that. And then Jason and uh, what's the other one, Howard, yeah. they get probably four pounds each. I reckon it's equal, you know. I reckon and it's some probably chops. equal. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Jason left due to uh, creative differences. Uh, Gary was creative. He wasn't. So yeah. do, you, do you think they'll succeed without him? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I say, you know, there was no point in a Howard Orange. Not Howard Orange. What was his name? You see, I haven't even forgotten his name. <laughs> well, Jason Orange. I just want to say good luck to Gary Barlow, who's struggling right now to find a 44-year-old backing dancer. Now, now, Greg, that's around your kind of age group. Would you, would you consider <laughs> backing dancing? Yeah, I could do that. I could do some. I could do some twerking. Yeah, I've got plenty to twerk with <laughs> in your mankini. Hey, I want to chat to you quickly about Gogglebox. Now, yeah, BBC Two have ordered a new series. It's called The Kitchen. Now, BBC are calling it Gogglebox in a Kitchen. The series oh. will show families preparing and eating meals together. Uh, Emma Willis, head of documentaries at BBC, said, "I've been oh, not searching that Emma Willis. <laughs> another one." No, she no, said, no. "I've been searching for years for a format that shows people living and eating together." Uh, do you think this is the right show to do that? Let me just hear that quote again. I've been what? I've been searching for years for a format that shows people living and eating together. That's Emma Willis, head of documentaries at BBC. Isn't that, in a, in a, in a sentence, <laughs> everything that's wrong with television? I've been searching for years to show... What the hell planet are you on, woman? Good grief. She's better on Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, so are I you mean, not excited about The Kitchen? I mean, even the title is so... The Kitchen. ...unoriginal. What, what should we call it? Call it The Kitchen. The kitchen. Why is it called the kitchen? Well, <laughs> it's in a kitchen. Yeah. And then after that, you'll have the brothel. That was the TV podcast with Chuck Thomas and Greg Scott.